it gets back to don't do life alone. If you want to establish this and dive in, you need to connect with somebody who has that and let them disciple and mentor you along through that. Like I do with people right now, I have people that I, I contact them in the morning, text them, hey, are you up? Are you doing it? Yeah. Let's walk through this together. Uh, I am, I'm strong on sometimes you can't do this by yourself. You've got to have help. And I'll either find you the, per, the help or I'll be the help. Come on. That, I love that. I and love that. you got you need somebody to help you establish this hunger. Yep. I mean, we talk about, well, you just need to have a hunger. Some people, you have to lead them into how good this tastes. Yeah. Good day, everyone, and welcome aboard our brand new podcast time for 2022. My name is Dan Boone. I'm pastor Church of Tomorrow here in Oklahoma City. I have a special guest today to kick it off right, an old-time friend. I didn't say old friend. I said old-time friend from the state right below Oklahoma. We're always on top of them, no matter what. Just look at the map. It proves it. From Mansfield, Texas, Pastor Corey Smithy. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Well, I'm so glad you could uh, be here today and help us kick this off. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what? <laughs> <laughs> about it. That's, about that's, it. that's yeah. what it is, yeah, yes. Um, Pastor Corey and I started off in ministry about the same time back in the middle uh, 80s. That's the 1980s. And um, we uh, have been longtime friends and uh, always helping each other and kind of, you know, prodding each other and sometimes maybe making a little fun of each other. That's true. That gives him more opportunity than does me, though, to make fun <laughs> of me. So <laughs> That is true. <laughs> hey, uh, tell the folks a little bit about you. Um, been in ministry 37 years uh, past this past August. Wow. It came by and I didn't even realize that it happened. You were what, five when you started? <laughs> yeah, it, it was about that age, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, you and I met just uh, about a year and a half before that. Mm -hmm. So we've been hanging out and doing life together going on almost 39 years. Amen. That's amazing. Amen. But one thing I'd like for everybody to know is Dan's one of our overseers at North Elevation Church. We planted a church in Mansfield, Texas in 2010 in a theater, and we were portable for almost 10 years. And during the the COVID pandemic, God gave us a building, and Dan's been there for every step of that. The ups, the downs, <laughs> oh, yeah. the ins and outs of everything that's happened. Yeah. And we just appreciate you and love you, and thank you so much for being our overseer all these years. And not running off when there was times that you could have run off of the things we were going through. So, <laughs> Oh, well, we've really enjoyed the opportunity and so appreciate the opportunity to help serve you and your, your church. And uh, great family, by the way. He and uh, Pastor Rochelle uh, got some great kids and grandkids, and they've got a r real testimony for Jesus in that. You know, um, I, uh, I I appreciate the opportunity to bounce things off of people, and I'm not talking about playing dodgeball. <laughs> uh, maybe spiritual dodgeball a little bit, but anyway. Uh, I bounce stuff off him all the time, and uh, you know he's always got the insight or something to come up with to be able to help sharpen me. So it's a two-way street. Yeah. Here at uh, Church of Tomorrow, we're just a little over a year old now, and we celebrated that uh, back in October, and we're so glad that God has opened doors for us. So we'll tell you more about Church of uh, Tomorrow as things go on and 
we want you to know this is going to be a weekly podcast, and we're going to be talking about things that maybe some people may not think it's very comfortable, may not even be comfortable for us, but we want to share the truth in love. That's all about it. So I think we just kick off the, this segment talking about some of the things in the church overall, and not your church, not our church, just uh, overall and basically in this country and what's going on today with all of the, uh, may I say, silliness that's out there. And um, I'd like to ask you the question, uh, what do you think is the most critical thing that uh, the Church of Jesus Christ in America should be handling today? Uh, <clears throat> handling, I, I might use the word facing okay. more than anything else. And, and it is this, this is one of the things that is just burdening my heart. Um, is the fact that there's a famine of the Word of God in the church. Amen. And again, the church is not a building. The church, you know, to me, uh, a, the building is a tool. The church is the people. We are the church. Yes, yes. And there is a famine going on in the church with the Word of God. I mean, people even that are sitting in, in the chairs, there's a famine of the Word because that's the only word they're getting. Yeah. And for me... Uh, and I run into people all the time, and I'm and I'm talking. You're talking about the church in America. Yes. I think a lot of what we've gone through, a lot of the things we have faced, uh, the, a lot of the things that have happened to churches, is because there's there's a famine of the word in people's lives, and they they couldn't stand. Yeah. When yeah. all this broke loose. Yeah, that's evident. You know, with the Bible says we stand by faith, and faith in what? Faith in who? Mm -hmm. uh, what What is faith? Uh, all of those sorts of questions need to be answered, not just in our head knowledge, but a real total understanding yeah. uh, of what that really means. And are we moved by what we see? Are we moved what God says and what he has given us clearly written uh, in his word? Yeah, I believe there's another way to put this is I see that Christians are malnourished <laughs> and I don't disagree with all the facts that are put out there right now about what makes you healthy as far as the, the number one most important meal of the day is breakfast. Yes. I agree with that. <laughs> but I also disagree from the from my disagreement weighs in that the most important meal of the day is the Word of God. Oh, come on now. The most important meal. Matter of fact, for me in my personal life, it's word first, then I eat. Okay. I have a meal first. I mean, after I've been in the Word of God. And mm -hmm. this, I want to, if you can, I want to read two verses of Scripture to kind of land about what I'm talking about, this famine of the Word. Please do. In Amos 8.11, says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, mm. nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Ouch. Now, that's in the Old yeah. Testament. Yeah. Then Paul talks about the church and says in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, will not, talking about church, will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from the listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Mm, mm, mm. And so we have this famine of the word Based, you know, one, people are just not in the Word, and two, we have a famine of truth because people don't want to hear the truth. Okay. And so let's talk about this. Uh, I see your points, and those are well taken. How do we get on the other side of that? Uh, are we talking about pulpit preaching? Are we talking about discipleship and individual time? Uh, 
what perspective or perspectives do you think would be the most important ones for us to attack? The number one thing to me, uh, because it's because I've lived it out in my own life, it's it's what made the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to church, yes. The preaching of the word, the hearing and the hearing of the word, yes. Uh, discipleship, somebody not doing life alone, mm-hmm. uh, very very important. There's not enough people submitting to mentorship and and being discipled. Amen. I believe you have to be all your life. You can't do life alone. I have mentors that are younger than me, mm-hmm. and some people are like what? Yes. Uh, they've got things to offer that I need. And if I care anything about growing in my, in my walk with God, I need to listen. When we talk to a young person, there are many things to learn. <laughs> oh, lots of things to learn. But for me, it's what I, I think the most vital meal of the day is the meal of s- establishing a, what I call a regular rhythm and routine to a personal devotional life. Okay. That we have to establish that. That's what's going to keep us grounded. And then on top of that, we get connected in a body of Christ where we don't do life alone and we do hear the preaching of the word. We, we do enter ourselves into a discipleship, a mentorship. Even if we're mentoring others, we, we do the same. But for me, the ground starts at on my personal life. Do I have a secret place? Do I have a place where I meet with God on a regular time every day and it's a regular rhythm and routine to my devotional life. And I believe there's four parts of that. First is worship. I enter into yes. worship. I walk into that room. I'm in worship. The worship takes me into prayer. Yes. Which takes me into opening up the Bible and praying the Word of God, which takes me into studying what I am reading mm-hmm. and then journaling what I am reading so that I can refer to it and continue to grow. For me, it's that. It's establishing, and at North Elevation Church, they hear this from me all the time. It's a constant there that you have got to establish a regular rhythm and routine to your devotional life so that you do not find yourself without the nourishment you need to face the issues that are coming. Because if you don't have that, then you're probably malnourished. That's great. You know, and what I uh, really try to drive home with folks is that you know, just sitting down and reading a devotional, that, there's nothing wrong with that. That can be very good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I do that. Uh, not as my study time or meditation time, but it's just uh, kind of uh, get the engine started, you might say. Right. But at the same time, I think many times that we have a Bible reading plan or something, the things that are great to do, but we stop with trying to get those things in a head knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so easy to say, well, I've got to read three chapters in the Bible today, so I'm going to read these three. And, man, we run through them. Mm-hmm. And, and we miss the real meat of the Word. You know, the Bible's so strong about meditating on the Word of God. And biblical meditation is not like some other religions, some false religions teach, uh, about emptying yourself and seeing what comes in. But the Bible meditation is imperative in the fact that it says that we need to revolve or to mutter, utter, uh, to uh, whisper, to roar, or different kinds of translations, the Word of God over and over and over to get it into our understanding. It's a part of our transforming our minds so that they're renewed to the Word of God, not to the things in the world today. So if I'm concentrating on the things in the world today and listening to news all day long, I'm going to be one messed up dude, you know? But if I really go after Bible meditation and seeing every verse as a, as a new 
uh, meal, so to speak. Right. And in getting the uh, Smith Wigglesworth, the old uh, English uh, evangelist, apostle, whatever he was, uh, he said, you know, some people read their Bible in the Hebrew. And some people read their Bible in the Greek. But I read my Bible in the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> so we need some more Holy Ghost reading. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like to put it this way, and I, and I tell people this. Don't just read the Bible. And you can't give yourself 10 minutes and say, well, I'm going to allow 10 minutes for my devotion. That won't work. You've got to seriously make some choices in your life that are going to cause some serious sacrifices to have this regular rhythm and routine to your devotional life because you need to live the Bible, not just read the Bible. I feel an ouch coming on here. <laughs> yeah. I, you, it takes time to do what you're saying, meditating on the Word. Yeah. I like to say you got to live the Word. In other words, what you're reading, live it, see it, smell it, taste it, see the clothing, see the bricks on the wall, see the vineyard yeah. behind them as they're talking. Do you see the expressions on their face? Are you just reading words or are you living the word mm. so that it gets down in you so that when you come across that verse or you hear that verse, you have a picture immediately of what took place, what was said. You're living the word. You're not just reading words. Yes. And now the words come alive because you're actually walking down that road with them as they're having that conversation. Great, great, great stuff. Now, inter let me interject this. He's talking about reading the word in the morning. Some of us would rather read the word in the evening. Now, here's my deal. I get caught up. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and once I get started in worship, uh, for instance, or in reading the word or praying, and my 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it is set aside, runs longer. Oh, yeah. And so I thought, I've got to get my daily work done that I have commitments on. So yeah. I do it at night a lot of time. In fact, Almost all the time. <laughs> well, my wife Rochelle does it at night too. And and sometimes I'm going, hey, it's it's only eight thirty, man. I've got a lot of time here, you know. <laughs> and then it, I look at my watch and it's eleven thirty, and I think I, I'm not through yet, <laughs> you know. So yeah. uh, the fact is, you know, the the Bible tells us in Joshua first uh, one eight uh, that we should meditate in the Word day and night, mm -hmm. and we can take the word with us wherever we go also. That's right. And and I do that a lot of times with my daily devotion and share the same things that I've read and thought about and, and pondered with other people mm -hmm. and it comes even more alive. Right. So this is we're not trying to give people some kind of systematic no. uh, study of the Bible. We we're trying to say, hey, the Holy Spirit knows what you need, mm -hmm. and if you'll ask Him, yeah. and if you will uh, abide by uh, what He's uh, leading you and guiding you to do, it's going to be nutritious. Oh, yes. Yeah, I tell people all the time, take at least one thing, whether you do your night devotional, you get up the next day, you've got something you've done that night, or if you do it at lunch, I have a gentleman, he goes to the park. That's when he does it. He goes to the park at lunchtime, and that's where he has his devotional. I'm an early person. I get up early. And, and if I have to get up earlier, I do that. Everybody has their place. But I tell people, take take at least one thought or scripture from your from that time, your prayer time, your worship time. Maybe it's a, a line in a worship song. Meditate on that during the day. But then go talk to somebody about that. Engage somebody yeah, yeah. with that. Don't do life alone. Hear their perspective on it. Grow throughout the day. That's great. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, I yeah. hope. That's what I'm trying to do, uh, off of me, by the way, is how do we help people understand this 
from our perspective here today, and what can we say, here's how you can start things in your own life to be a part of a changed life. I know that it, 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 Church of Tomorrow, that's what we're all about. Uh, we say that the Church of Tomorrow is going to be like the days when Jesus walked the earth with signs and wonders and most importantly, changed lives. Right. And this is life-changing stuff, but we're just two people talking and there's only you know less than 10,000 people listening to us right now. <laughs> so uh, what can we do as an individual? What can someone at, at home or driving down the road or whatever they're doing, hopefully on, driving down the road, it's on the, um, the, the uh, audio only version, <laughs> but what can we do to help encourage other people to see the same things that we're talking about? In establishing their devo- uh, this a devotional and prayer life, this part of it Jumping all. into the Word like they're on a high diving board uh, yeah. and want to go all the way in. Um, I go back to all the people who come to me with all the issues and, and troubles that they're facing, and they just they come to me and they say, you know, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. And then I, I just, a lot of times, will just ask them to calm down for a moment and say, and I'll start asking them about their personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And where is their time with Christ? And you find out that they really don't have much of a personal relationship. Come on, give me a quick answer, man. (laughs) With that. So what I bring them back to is, is I tell people, it gets back to don't do life alone. If you want to establish this and dive in, you need to connect with somebody who has that and let them disciple and mentor you along through that. Like I do with people right now, I have people that I... I contact them in the morning, text them, hey, are you up? Are you doing it? Yeah. Let's walk through this together. Uh, I am, I'm strong on sometimes you can't do this by yourself. You've got to have help. And I'll either find you the, per, the help or I'll be the help. Come on. That, I love that. I and love you, got, you need somebody to help you establish this hunger. Yep. I mean, we talk about, well, you just need to have a hunger. Some people, you have to lead them into how good this tastes. Yeah. You know, what you're saying reminds me of another great man of God who went to be with the Lord just in, I don't, I can't remember exactly, but about 20 years ago, I think, uh, Lester Summerall, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard him say one day that um, he, he said, when people come to us and ask us for counseling, uh, we ask them to go back and take that subject that they need counseling on and read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then come back for counseling. And he says, most all times, they never need to come back for counseling. That is true. If they'll just look at the Bible, take that subject, your, that question you have, uh, that something is like, I don't understand this, or I don't know this, or I'm really straining with this. What is the answer? And rather going trying to take a pill, we need to take the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> you knew that was coming, did you? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, to me, um, we need more of the church to care about the church. Yes. Good. And make ourselves available. You mean you don't believe the pastor's supposed to do everything? <laughs> no way. Oh, come on, man. Come on. What's wrong? Are you lazy or something? Yeah. We don't know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get, uh, get tired. But um, the church has got to care more about the church. That's why at NEC, the bottom line for us is one matters. I tell our so yeah. just make my point. I tell our uh, community group leaders: if only one person shows up and you can't unpack everything you've prepared for that one person, we've got an issue here because we that one person showed up. You need to be giving your all to help them yeah. because they're there. 
That's we, some, need, we need more of that. That's some really good stuff. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to be with us today. And I look forward to uh, next week. Uh, you'll be back with us, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we'll go a little bit further on this. And we'll see you next week on Let's Talk About It. <laughs>